The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Subscribe and share. In 1943 and 1944, the Pittsburgh Steelers did something really crazy. If you have fuzzy tennis balls, that's okay. It should be that way. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy, and we scour the internet for information you really don't need. Or do you? So join us as we discover more useless information on this episode of Totally Useless Information. It's everything you never needed to know. By listening once a week, you get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Brand spanking new, and I mean spanking, we have a brand new topic. Sports. Label. Yes, we'll talk about all kinds of balls in the sports uh, topic. We had a listener uh, suggest that we do sports, so uh, this one's for you. And to all the listeners out there who are sports fans... This one's for you. Yes, and if you do, write us and tell us what you like. We can do topics on it, and this way you get to hear what you want to hear. We do listen, because so. just because we're married doesn't mean we don't listen. We're not married to each other. What? You know what I mean. Right off the bat, that's not what my top my fact <laughs> is, but right off the bat, I'm going to talk about fuzzy tennis balls. This is my teaser. Fuzz in a tennis ball isn't just for fun. It's functional, but aren't they all? Uh, tennis balls are made of bouncy rubber, and the felt covering makes them feel softer, slow their speed in the air, and regulate their bounce. As importantly mm-hmm. as it gives the tennis ball a lot of surface for spin, that's a key part of the game. So the fuzz in the tennis ball, it's okay. You don't need to go see a doctor. You know, as a kid, I played a lot of tennis. My mom was a fantastic tennis player. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we used to cut the felt off the ball, and you would get a red Spalding ball. Like, you would get, like, a handball, one of those red Spalding. That's what's inside the tennis ball. Wow. It's pretty cool. It's awesome. Speaking of off the bat, boring, boring baseball. Come on. Yes. We have baseball fans out there. Come on. There's two things I hate. It's baseball and the French. <laughs> okay? But, listen, a baseball game lasts about three hours. Okay. Did you know, though, that the actual playing time is 18 minutes? Really? Is 18 minutes of functional sport in a three-hour game. Okay. I find that let's get the 18 minutes out of the way. Let me take the two-and-a-half-hour nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, up, so I, I, for those of you who do know or don't know, I live in Toronto, and a, every after every Blue Jay game, uh, later on in the evening, actually, they replayed the game that was played earlier, and they call it Jays in 30. So in 30 minutes, 
they were able to show the complete game regardless of what the result was. So there you go, Jays in so thirty. They, they got they got tw- they got uh, twelve minutes to spare. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you need to sell commercials for it. Uh, the first hockey puck ever used in a hockey game was not made of rubber like it is today, but a frozen piece of cow poop. Cow poop? That's right. The very first puck ever used in a hockey game on a frozen pond was a frozen piece of cow poop. What the puck? Let's move on, shall we? Okay, in basketball, the jump ball. Yeah, they face off in the center of the court and jump up, and they try to push the ball towards their teammates' direction. Right. But did, but did you know that in the beginning of basketball, the actual early days and the original rules of basketball, after every basket that was made, they would go to the center of the court and do a jump ball. Now, wow. you talk about boring that's almost as bad as baseball. <laughs> Not right. bad, but almost as bad. Can you imagine every basket that you would have to? Plus, there were no, there were no dunks. There were no. So I guess it was a lot, a lot harder to get a basket when you were that far away. But yeah. you know, I mean, if you got a guy like Jordan in there, be jump balls all night long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, this ball is jumping. Um, so in baseball, the very boring sport of baseball, as you put it, I happen to be a huge baseball fan. I love baseball. It's a great pastime. So you've wor- you've heard the word southpaw referring mm-hmm. to a left-handed pitcher. This came from the yeah. practice in baseball, arranging the diamond with the batter facing east to avoid the afternoon sun. Though many claim that the term originated due to the orientation of the baseball playing fields in order to keep the sun out of players' eyes, the resulting alignment is a left-handed pitcher's throwing arm causing the pitcher to have his left hand on the south side of his body if he's facing east. Therefore, he was known as a southpaw. Oh, cool. Okay. That's cool. And a lot of our listeners will probably have to listen to that twice because there's a lot of information. Yeah. That's, uh, okay. Let, let me let me sum, let me sum it. North 27 degrees, 35 degrees longitude and latitude. What the hell? We're simple people, That's Nick. That's true. All right. Let, let me put it to you in a condensed version, okay? So the baseball players were facing east to avoid the sun. Therefore, the left-handed pitcher, his arm was along the south side of his body. That's how he's known as a southpaw. Is that better? Well, you had to say. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, got- you know what you just did? It's like when people tell a story and they say, to make a long story short, you just made that longer by saying that. No, it's all clarified now. It's everybody's got it. Okay. All right. Here's my teaser. Here's yeah. my teaser. In yeah. 1943 and 1944, the Pittsburgh Steelers did something crazy, but it was because of something. And if, of course, now that I said that, the dates will come to, to mind. But in 1943, the Philadelphia Eagles and Pittsburgh Steelers joined together to play the sport as the Steagles. Oh. And that was because of World War II. They, a lot of the players were off fighting, and there wasn't enough time for the league to have as many games, so they combined teams. In 1944, the Steelers joined with the Chicago Cardinals. This is before the Chicago team the Bears that you have now, but the Chicago Cardinals, and guess what their name was? The Car Dealers. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is true. That's 1943 and 1944. I thought that was just a cool fact. It was. And that was a brand new topic of sports. And speaking of scoring. Oh, yeah. All about sex. All about Heidi Klum. Yes, it is. There you go. (laughs) The following segment of the Totally Useless Information Podcast may be too sultry and too sexy for some listeners. Uh, Sex is for the young people. It's for the youngins, okay? That's definitely what they're trying to say, okay? The average North American will have sex the most sex, actually, around age 25, according to a study. They found that people in their 20s have sex more than 80 times per year. If you're mm-hmm. aged 45, it declines to only 60 times per year. And if you're age 65, only 20 times per year. Each year, after the peak of sexual frequency at 25, sexual frequency declines 3.2%. Well, I better get moving. That's twice a month. However, hold on. <laughs> More sex doesn't necessarily equal great sex, so we're off the hook. That's true, too. Yeah. It's quality, not quantity. That's the best 82 seconds of your life, baby. <laughs> quality goes in before the name goes on. All right, get ready for this stat. 46% of women, while having sex, think of another man. Oh, no. Yes, there was 46% of straight women. They um, they interviewed these straight women. 46% said they're thinking of someone else. How sad is that, that half of the women are thinking of someone else? You know you're really not uh, popular with the ladies when they don't even think of you when they're having sex with someone else. <laughs> so, get on with it. Get on with it. Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, so there are all kinds of uh, fancy condoms uh, in the stores, in the drugstores. You know, there's ribbed for pleasure and all kinds of other types of different kinds of um, condom ads, right, to make it sound more magical. Well, according to mm-hmm. some research, the vagina is relatively insensitive to pain and stimulation. For example, surgeries can actually be done without anesthetics to that area. So the condoms with all the little bumps and ticklers and ridges, don't bother. The only thing that fancy condoms turns on is your credit card. Really? Yep. So those little French tickler things don't do anything? Nope, they don't. Ladies, do you hear this? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Listen, the pubes, the pubes are for real. And I wrote the letter R and for real. Okay, the pubes are there for a reason, folks. Okay, so you ladies who are mowing the lawn, let's get back to the 70s, shall we? (laughs) Listen, because if you shave or wax, you are twice as likely, two times as likely, to get a sexually transmitted disease. That's right. Open skin and hair follicles from shaving leave leave the area open and susceptible to bacteria to enter. So, ladies, welcome to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Woo. laughs> welcome to Jungle Book. Put some Bee Gees. Put 
some Bee Gees music on. <laughs> or a little, a little Barry White. Uh, hey, if you want to do, if you want to perform better at work, how mm. about you perform more sex at home? Having sex might get you your next promotion. And no, we're not talking about sleeping with your boss. <laughs> we're talking about, as it turns out, according to a study, having a happy sex life was linked with improved job satisfaction and greater engagement at work, both of which can help advance your career, according to the study done at the Oregon State University. So if you get busy at home, then you'll do a lot better at work. Now, if you're having an office affair, you kill two birds at one stone. I'm sorry, Nick. I can't concentrate. I can't get things done. <laughs> I got one for you ladies I, I would call myself husky Husky, yes. maybe <laughs> Yes, well, that's a good thing Because fat guys do it better Oh You heard You heard right It's all about size, baby The fat guys The fat guys do it better Big guys last 7.3 minutes of sex While skinny guys Barely make 108 seconds. So move over, Bones. Big Daddy's coming. I'm going to satisfy your woman. There you go. <laughs> You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. I want to thank everybody for listening because now we're in, where, where was the last one? Africa? Africa. Not only Africa, but South America, Buenos Aires. Went stay back where does there is. Don't cry for me, Argentina. You can send us all of you, all of you around the world, because we are global now. You can you can send us an email, TUI Podcast at Outlook dot com, like these people did. What's in the mail bag? What's in the mail? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It really is amazing how um how this show is really taken off. I cannot believe we're all over the world. Yeah. And I do really, I want to thank everybody. And thank you for your emails, too, in advance. We can't get to every email, but we do get to the fun ones. And so thank you. And But thank you to those people who just say they really enjoy the show and stuff. So thanks again. Jerry from Raleigh, North Carolina writes, Dear Nick and Roy, we love to listen your, to your podcast every week. So that's good. He's not listening alone. That's a good thing. We don't okay. miss a single episode. Well, you shouldn't. This is where he gets into trouble. I often visit my local pub and was wondering where the word pub came from. Is it short for something? He was, he was hmm. thinking a lot while he sat there having a beer at the pub. Pubs are an important life and culture in England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and of course the Republic of Ireland. Even up here in, uh, in Canada, we have a lot of pubs. Is that what they call them down there in the States and where you are in the United States? Some pubs, pubs but okay. uh, mostly they're the English pubs, yes. The word pub <laughs> comes from public house. In older times, this term signified someone's house that had been opened to the public. Public. The oh, pub. There you go. Thank down you. to the pub. Jerry. Jerry from Raleigh, North Carolina. Jerry, there you go. See? You ask, you get. Well, mine is from Margaret from New Jersey. Hey, Margaret lives in New Jersey. Yo, how you What's doing? Up, how you doing? Yeah, let's play some of the boss music. Okay. All right. She writes, I love your show. 
and I love you guys. Now, capital L's on the love your show and love you guys. So stop being a weird stalker, Margaret, or we're going to get an order of protection out against you, okay? <laughs> yes. So In Jersey. But since, she says, since you live in Florida, <clears throat> did Ponce de Leon discover Florida, or did Christopher Columbus discover Florida? Okay. There seems to be some confusion, she says. So Ponce de Leon may have been, now this is some interesting facts with Ponce de Leon. First off, Ponce de Leon may have been on the ship in 19, in 19, yeah, 1922. No, in 1493, the second voyage of Columbus, he may have been on with Columbus on the ship. Okay, but they did not discover Florida at that time. They were still way down in South America. While he was on that ship, he was hearing rumors of an island called Bimini from native people. And the island of Bimini supposedly had a stream, which they called a fountain, that had water in it that would give you the ability to stay young and never get sick or ill. So he was like, hey, I find that. I'm in. Okay. Yeah. So he said, geez, that's like, what, 60 times a year for the rest of my life, sex, right? But yeah. <laughs> it's literally the fountain of youth. Yes. He goes searching around after he gets everything done. He gets his own boat from Spain and goes searching around. And in 1513, he finds Florida. He comes off the coast of Florida. And we're not sure. No one's sure about the spring or the fountain. But I believe that the state of Florida, the whole state, is what Ponce de Leon was searching for. Because now all the people, old people, are retiring here. So they're still coming here. <laughs> thinking that... Now, think about this. They're, they're coming here at the age of like 70. They're playing tennis and all kinds of sports, running around, riding bicycles, spreading STDs all over the place <laughs> in these old folks' communities. Yes, Ponce de Leon did succeed to find the Fountain of Youth because it seems to be working down here in Florida. <laughs> wow. Yeah, come on down. Margaret, you'll be retiring here soon probably anyway. That's right. A-O. <laughs> so once again, our email address is podcast at Outlook.com. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, let's perform some experiments, shall we? Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. Totally useless information podcast is which is also an experiment. Yes. The whole thing is an experiment. It is. I know this isn't sex, the sex category, but <clears throat> I just can't stop talking about it. But let's talk about getting in deep. In fact <laughs> Go on. Twelve thousand eighty seven feet deep to be exact. Okay. That is the average depth of the ocean around the globe the average depth depth is 12,087 feet the deepest part of the ocean is 36,200 feet that we know of so on average the ocean is eight empire state buildings deep wow talk about going off the deep end if you look at your lungs well actually you can't if you are then right. you have a lot more issues your right lung is larger than your left lung. But it makes sense. The right lung is bigger than the left because the left shares space with your heart in your chest. And the pericardium. That too. Now, the lungs together weigh approximately 
1.3 kilograms or 2.9 pounds, almost three pounds. And the right mm. one is heavier. The right lung has three lobes and the left lung has two. Well, scientists in China have found a dinosaur 60 feet long. But that's 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 a big discovery. No, no pun intended. <laughs> but the crazy part is this dinosaur's neck was 30 feet long. This is the longest neck ever found on a dinosaur. It is a 30 foot neck. It's crazy. And it's called and I'll try to get this right. Man men Manmenchiosaurus, and then there's a second name, Hucunanesis, Manmenchiosaurus Hucunanesis, whatever, or translated from Chinese, one beef from broccoli and an egg roll. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> there goes China from the listening. One from <laughs> column A and one from column B. All right, now, this is science, and these we talk about natural things. We talk about things that occur in the universe, and we talk about things that happen to us in the human body, okay? Mm -hmm. The average person farts 14 times a day. What? Look, I fart a lot, but not 14 times the a day. average person, now whether you consider yourself above average or below average, 14 times a day is when people pass wind. Yeah, but it's like sex, too. You know, you got one good fart, it's worth like maybe five or six little ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so so you what, you, you measure and you rate your, your, your farts based on... Well, it's based on a bunch of different criteria. There's the smell criteria, there's the length of the, of the and there's the volume. Volume, and, length, smell. I call it the VLS meter. Volume, yeah. length, smell. <laughs> and don't forget, <laughs> don't forget the lingering factor, the LF. Oh, the yeah. linger. Yeah. yeah, the linger. Yeah, because just and it's you, a low, low linger or a high linger. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> See, this is why you listen to this show. You learn all kinds right. of scientific. If you're in an elevator, you don't want a low linger or a high linger. You just want to use your fingers so that it doesn't come out. <laughs> use a thumb. Thumbs up. <laughs> Thumbs up. Like, who are you? <laughs> hey, yo. Hey. Seahorses. Yeah, seahorses. I see horse. Yes, I see it. Get this. Mm -hmm. They have no stomachs. They digest their food inside their intestines so i guess you know like junk food you could say that they ate a lot of a lot of crap <laughs> they ate a lot of crap yes they did they ate a lot of crap food you know yes. so <laughs> and yeah yeah my and grandmother used to say that oh you eat this crap yes. <laughs> well i'm a seahorse <laughs> <laughs> yes they couldn't they didn't have the stomach for it uh, uh <laughs> Now, a bladder, a full bladder, can swell to the size of a softball. Mm. A healthy bladder can hold one and a half to two cups. Let me tell you, I must have an unusual bladder because I drink these 64-ounce things of soda. I drink them like four and five at a time. The healthy so, bladder can hold between one and one and a half cups of, of urine. 
which is about three to 400 milliliters in case you're measuring in metrics, and mm-hmm. about four cups, 800 milliliters at night, so almost double. It's amazing. It is normal to pass urine five or six times a day if you drink between six or eight glasses of fluid, or in your case, Roy, you know, you just like a notion of urine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't pass urine. I don't like pass and wave to it like, hello, urine. I just let it out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, urine. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Wow, wow. You know, I'll tell you the truth. That that, that topic went pretty fast there. I tell you, it almost seems like it was like history. Yes, it was back in time. What happens tomorrow is history. Yeah. Totally useless information yeah. podcast. Yeah. 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 A Parisian, and we all know how you love the French. Oh, I love the French. He was given a small fine for getting medieval on his wife. It happened in the 1930s. A baker in Paris named Henri Letier had a major marital problem. It sounds like, like Henri. What kind of name is that? Henri. Like Henry. Henri Letier. He had a major... Yeah, but says, call him Henry. Henry. Henri. Oh, Henri. Yeah, but see, Henry had problems. His wife yeah. was desperate to be faithful, but she just couldn't help herself. She had three affairs in as many months before he decided to do something about it. So this is what he did. He asked a man, who, by the way, made false arms and legs for veterans of the First World War, so he knew what he was taught, what he was doing. He asked him mm-hmm. to make a secure means of keeping Madame Letier from consummating her infidelities. So mm. he brought his wife to the final fitting of this... Um, Chastity belt? You got it. And she pronounced herself satisfied with how comfortable it was of the velvet-covered steel contraption and joked with her husband that he mustn't lose the key. Sometime later, however, one of her former lovers came to visit. One thing led to another, and when he saw the apparatus that she was wearing, he went straight to the police and reported Mr. Henri, Henri Letier, and appeared in court on January 21st, 1934, on charges of cruelty. Although Mrs. Letier testified that she found it impossible to be faithful, the judge gave the hapless baker a three-month suspended sentence and a 50-franc fine, which is about $51 U.S. or $71 Canadian. Henri. Henri gave his wife the chastity belt. Then he realized the guys were still coming over, so he made her a nice big iron mask. (laughs) (laughs) You figure that one out. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> George Washington, after after being a soldier, a general, a statesman, the first president of the United States, well, he said, God, what am I going to do now? So when he left being the president, he went and opened up his own distillery. Oh. And George Washington not only opened up his own distillery, he had the largest distillery in the United States, pumping out over 11 thousand gallons of whiskey a year okay so i guess after doing all that i mean being a soldier a general the president of the united states he probably said i need a drink yes 
It almost sounded like you were you were uh, uh, stating the uh, lyrics from uh, That's Life. He was a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet. He was a soldier, a general, a president, a person. Yes, that's life. Okay. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, they were friends and patriots. They helped do a whole bunch of stuff to, to launch the country. Yep. But later on, they would turn into mortal enemies oh. because of politics. They hated each other. They actually wouldn't even speak to each other or be in the same room with each other. They just hated each other that much. They both died on the same day, five hours apart, within five hours. Wow. On the same day. And get ready for this one. They died on July 4th, 1826. So... One probably died, and the other one said, "I can't go on not hating that son of a bee. I'm gonna kill myself." They probably, they probably were linked together just in their hatred. They died together. So those were the two, the two very, very important men in the history of the United States. There were two of the forefathers. Yes. Yes. After first flipping a coin to determine whose name would go first, good Mm -hmm. friends and classmates Hewlett. And the Stanford University classmate David Packard founded Hewlett Packard. So guess who won the coin toss? They flipped the yeah. coin to determine who whose name would go on first in the company name, and Hewlett won it. So Hewlett Packard is named that in that order because of flipping a coin. That's cool. That's cool. Because that's how things happen. You yeah. know, like what are we gonna let's name it Pew? You know, Packard Hewlett or Hewlett Packard. Well, I don't care which one do you want. It's like the name of the show, you, Nick and Roy. Like right. it's a, you know, I mean, it was like whatever. Yeah, put Nick first. I don't, yeah. I don't care. I'm not that vain. I mean, Nick had to do it. He had to put his name first. But mm-hmm. you know, that's the way it goes. Okay. Yeah. Are you done now? Yeah. Yeah, we're both probably going to die the same day too, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Five hours apart. <laughs> <laughs> You go first. (laughs) No, you go first. I insist. We're Canadian. We're polite. If it's, let's see, if it's seven minutes, I could probably get in how many sexual (laughs) encounters in five hours? (laughs) Probably die from that. Listen, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, the rodent that we all love. Yes. He was not created by Walt Disney. No, come on. Really? I'm telling you the truth. I know a lot about Disney. Disney, um, actually created a cartoon called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which was a disaster. Nobody liked it. It didn't do well at all, and they really didn't want to hear too much from Walt Disney. So he went back to the drawing board, and he had other artists working with him. One of them's name was UBI Works. (laughs) What a crazy name. Of course, that's not his real name, probably, but UBI Works, okay? And he worked for Walt Disney, and he said, what about this? And he showed him a picture of Mickey Mouse. And Disney said, I love it. Let's do. Let's do Steamboat Willie. And they made history. And, of course, nobody knows who UBI Works is. That's right. <laughs> but everybody knows who Walt Disney is. That's kind of a cheesy, oh, no pun intended. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? We are done. We are. This is the end of the show. How quickly does no. that go? Yeah. Uh-huh. It is. Oh, my. God, we are done. We're done with That's the, crazy. another episode. Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah, I miss people already. 
Or Guys, they- listen, folks. Thank you so, so really. When, when we say this, we really, really mean it. We are really, we're so happy that this is going over so well. And now we're doing the uh, Canada show on Sirius Radio as well. Sirius XM, Canada Talks. We're on every Tuesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time with host Jeff Samet. And what we do is it's a, an offshoot of this show because we do Totally Useless Information Podcast. But what we do is Totally Useless Canadian Information. So it doesn't matter where you live around the world. You want to check it out if you're able to get Sirius Satellite Radio, Channel 167 in North America. And you can check it out. And it's uh, Nick and Roy on the Jeff Samet Show. It's uh, Canada Talks. On Sirius, yeah, Sirius XM channel one sixty seven. So big shout out to Jeff Samet. Thank you. And then we're doing the birthday card things, which we're going to get to you folks, but we're actually backlogged already on the birthday cards, and we didn't even put it out yet, really. But that'll be on our website, and for a way to you to do for you to do that too. It blows a damn birthday card away. Exactly. <laughs> in the meantime, we we need to go start scouring the internet for next week's show. So in the meantime. Yes, tell a friend about the trend and subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube so that you don't miss an episode every Thursday. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. 